Don't let your subconscious take over. Fight against what you have been taught, what you have absorbed through your life. Change now. Change the culture now. If you can change the culture in your workplace this way, then you can start changing the world one decision at a time. Welcome to Management Material. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I started my career at the bottom as an assistant and worked my way up to become the boss's boss in eight years. And man, I love management. If there's anything I've learned, it's that what got you to where you are now won't get you to where you want to be. This is a podcast for top performers who also want to be amazing managers. I've coached lots of talented people into their dream jobs as managers. I challenge the way they see the world and say what they don't necessarily want to hear. You see, management is all about leadership. The best managers were leaders long before they had any direct reports. Management material is all about getting you from where you are now to that coveted seat in the corner office. Let's turn you into management material. Part of what we do here at Saver Street is empower people to change the systems from within. So I became a manager because I saw that there were things that were wrong with the company that I wanted to change. And the way I thought I could change them, which was true, was from a higher position, from being a manager from within the company. Now, you can go for change in your organization without being a manager, but I'll tell you what, your, your words carry a lot more weight when you have a title behind them. Your words carry a lot more weight when you have a reputation for excellence and a reputation of, for caring for the people in your organization, caring about the, the organization itself, and then have a track record of doing what's best for that company. So I, yes, I was an agent of change wherever I went, and I was happy to be that agent of change. And I was so happy once I became a, you know, your boss's boss, basically, when I was running a large team to be an agent of change in t- in terms of some of our hiring practices. So we've, we've all, hopefully, if you, if you're very new, then maybe you haven't, we've seen the results of some studies. Harvard Business did this, or Harvard did this large study, a 2004 study of, of racial biases in resumes. So they did a resume audit. To give you a rundown of the study, they had two identical resumes, and all they did was they changed the name of the person on that resume. One of them was a a very stereotypically black name, and the other one was a very stereotypically white name. And I'll tell you what, the white name was picked up for interviews four times as frequently as the black name. And it was seen as, and it is, I believe it is, a prime example of racial bias in the workplace. People like to hire people that they think will look like them. Even if they don't consider themselves racist, this is one piece of tribalism that has survived generation to generation to generation. And it hasn't been that long between us now and the 1960s. We've had so much um, progress since the 1960s, but we still have a lot more to do. So Since that study in 2004, there's been a lot going on 
in corporate America to combat racism in the workplace, but our job is not done because I've I've seen in the last year chief diversity officers and diversity offices, whole departments being run to make sure that there isn't a huge racial gap or a dis- discrimination in different companies. And that's a great thing to do. Sure, that's not it. I think that having a diversity statement is not really doing the job not really doing the job. So why are we talking about this and what can you do? Number one, I want you to recognize that it is a problem. Look around your office and try to see, is there a a predominant majority in your office? Just speaking very plainly, how many non-white people do you see in your office? And do you think that's a problem? Because I do. I've worked in teams that have had a lot of diversity and I've worked with all white teams. And I'll tell you what, the teams that succeeded were the diverse teams. The ones that had a lot of different perspectives that could look at a plan and say, but what about this group of people over here? What about all of our customers who think this different thing? What about, you know, you're, you're releasing some marketing and did you know that this means something completely different to this group of people over here or that what you're doing can be taken in a totally different way? Do you know that these groups of people use your products in all different ways and the statement that you just released means something totally different to this group over here? Our culture cares about different things than other cultures. Do you know the difference between primary cultures and secondary cultures? Do you know, you know, it, it, it's different perspectives like that, that add a lot of value to anything you are doing, whether it is in product, whether it's in marketing, whether it's in finance, whether it's PR, IT, a lot of different departments, all, all different departments, customer service, all different departments need those different perspectives so they can be strengthened so that you can serve your customers really, really well. So if you're looking around and you don't think it's a big issue, but you are only seeing one kind of person or maybe like two or three in your office and you are missing whole people groups, it's a problem. It's a problem. So maybe you could come and say, you know, I'm not a manager yet. How can I fight against this? You know, I'm working to be a manager, but I'm not one yet. How can I fight this? There are so many different ways. So many different ways. Do you have an ERG? Can you be an ally? Find the ERG that you can help and be an ally there. Go to your HR department and start asking questions. Bring it up as an issue. I mean, it's illegal, okay? It's illegal to discriminate based on race or a lot of different characteristics. And it's illegal for a very good reason. You can ask them to implement some bias interrupters. They should know what bias interrupters are. They can rewrite job descriptions. They can use software to to screen applicants instead of humans. They can reduce referral hiring because people like to refer people who look like them. They most of the time people hang out in groups of people who look like them. Um, We are pretty tribalist by nature. They can discourage asking applicants all different questions. So if you are in the interview process, you should have preset interview questions. Be free of nuances that only certain groups would understand. So if you're used to hiring people from just one program at one university that attracts one kind of person, then maybe you need to broaden that scope of people that you're going after. Maybe you shouldn't use inside language so that people from different people groups can understand what you're asking. 
You can ask HR to include skills tests in the competition for the job. So depending on what the job is, maybe ask them to write up uh, something they would do. If it's a strategy kind of position, ask them for a strategic roadmap. If it's a marketing kind of position, ask them to write copy or, or write a marketing plan. Ask for different ways that they can showcase their skills. Then you can also ask applicants to uh, omit their names uh, or the names of their schools on their resumes. We all know some schools have uh, different populations, right? So schools are a tip-off of what that person's race is, oftentimes, really pretty often. Uh, another thing that you can ask HR to do or, or bring it up with your leadership or management is recruit using diversity-specific job boards or job fairs or, or conferences. So there are a lot of organizations that are trying to help people of different colors, different races. I hate using that word races, but because um, we're all human. But uh, but then that's my white bias showing, right? So you can go and ask HR to use these diversity-specific job boards or, or fairs or conferences to find applicants who are different than you are. And I, I'm not just talking to white people here either, although that's who I am right? I'm a white person and I worked primarily in a, in a white dominant field. So it was my problem to hire people that were not white. You can also make sure that your screening and asking for qualifications isn't uh, overreaching what the job actually requires. So, so if you're asking for an assistant position or, or something like that, don't ask for a master's degree. Like who who has who has a master's degree that's going to apply for an assistant position? Actually, a lot of people do. I've hired a lot of a lot of assistants with master's degrees, but we didn't ask for master's degrees. Make sure that you're not overshooting what you need in different positions because what you're doing is you're screening out applicants who didn't have the same opportunities, the same privileges that maybe you're expecting or maybe are overshooting for the role, right? Another, the last thing I'm going to say that you can do is when you're interviewing somebody, take notes, take very careful notes because your impression of somebody is colored by uh, your tribalistic nature, your bias, something that you can't control. So if you take notes and you're writing down what they're saying, I like to type while I was interviewing someone and uh, I just warn them beforehand, I'm going to type because it's faster than writing and it helps me capture what you're saying and, and helps me reflect in as an unbiased way as I can. So when you're interviewing, take those notes so that you can look back at those notes and not just go based on your gut reaction, because your gut reaction oftentimes is going to say, okay, well, what did my subconscious like? What did my, how did my subconscious feel about this person? And your subconscious is going to say, I think they'd fit in in my tribe. If they don't look like they're going to fit in, your subconscious oftentimes will not want to fit in. And that's because of the stereotypes that we have internalized, that some of the, the culture that we've internalized that we are trying to fight against. So fight against it. Don't let your subconscious take over. Fight against what you have been taught, what you have absorbed through your life. Change now change the culture now. If you can change the culture in your workplace this way, then you can start changing the world one decision at a time. 
The Young Leader Society is a group of passionate professionals who are fast-tracking themselves to a management position. We have bi-weekly lunch meetings where members submit their questions about leadership, corporate influence, and, you know, all that messy stuff that comes with office politics. Join us if you want to gain influence and credibility at your company, navigate office politics like a boss, and earn promotions more quickly than your peers. Learn more at saverstreet.com in the career help section. You might come back and say, I'm not on the hiring team. I'm not on the interviewing team. So get on the interviewing team. Ask, ask, and you will receive. If you, if you don't know how to get on the interviewing team, ask, ask your boss. You know, I'd love to be a manager someday. I'd love to help you. I'd love to lighten your load. Can I get some experience interviewing? How do you interview? Can you teach me how to interview? What are your tips and tricks here for interviewing? What do you look for in a candidate? Can I help you interview for whatever role, if it's a a role that's similar to yours, if it's a role that's slightly below yours in the hierarchy, even if it's a role in a different department, but somebody that you would be interacting with, ask to be on the interviewing team because people like to know who wants to interview and otherwise somebody's just going to be like asked to do it. So be the person that they ask. Say, I'd, I'd like to be considered for this. Every single time I've asked, they've said, yes, it's not that hard. Just go say, hey, I heard this position is open. I'd love to help you interview for it because I interact with that role. I can offer a different perspective and I can help you. And that's how you kind of weasel your way in. Uh, That's a phrase I don't like to use. Well, uh, because you're not really weaseling your way in. You're just getting in there. But that's a way that you can start asking some of these questions. Start redirecting HR in a way that isn't so biased where you can really influence some of these hiring decisions. Be the person who helps change your organization in the right direction. Be that person to better our society, to better your company, and people will see that. People will see that and they will know, okay, this person cares so much, even in the role that she's in now, we should trust her. She has great opinions. She is willing to learn. We're having a dialogue here. We're talking about it. She is absorbing everything and she's helping us at the same time. Be that person and you will be seen. I mean, also you want to be seen by HR. You want to have buddies in HR and finance anywhere you go. So that, that'll help you get to know other departments too. This is a really, really good way to make sure that you're seen. You're seen as somebody who advocates for equality and equity you're somebody who cares about the organization. You're somebody who champions di- diversity and you're helping a lot of people. It's a win-win-win. Okay, so my point, there is a lot of racial discrimination in the world. There is a lot of bias and it is your job to interrupt that bias. It is your job to go to HR, go to your boss, your management, ask to be an interviewer for different positions And then fight against these disparities that you see in the world. Take all of those bias disruptors that I talked about, ask HR to implement one, two, maybe not all, you know, maybe not all nine of them, but ask them to implement some of them and you'll start introducing some positive change in your organization. Be the kind of person who cares and you'll be seen as the kind of person who cares. 
That's the kind of servant leadership that we're talking about in this podcast. That's the kind of servant leadership that is going to bring you to management if you want to be there. I hope this helped. I hope that you're taking something away from this. Go ahead and email me. Tell me what what it is you learned. Tell me what you liked about this. Tell me what you don't like about this. I love hearing about those things too. I'm an open book. I love to talk to people. And maybe I'll invite you to talk to me here. So tell me what you liked and I'm happy to help. Now go be an agent of change. Go be seen as that, as the person who changes things in the right direction. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Management Material. If you like what you're listening to, please rate us on iTunes. I track those ratings like I tracked my GPA in college. And let me know what else you want to hear about. I'm an open book. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.